Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 through 20, and verses 26 through 30. On the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord. Can you clap? It's a good thing to look back in our lives and just practice gratitude, to reacquaint ourselves with the ways that we have been provided for, the things that we have simply enjoyed, the friendships and family that have nurtured us, and be grateful. And Christians aren't alone in this, but especially for us who believe that all this comes from the hand of God, it's tremendously useful for us to look back and be grateful. For instance, I'm tremendously grateful for Woodenville Montessori School. It was a rich place, a rich community for both my son and my daughter to be in preschool and kindergarten, to enjoy those formative years just digging into the joy of learning. I'm deeply grateful for the ways that God has blessed me with rich, deep community. People around me who were giving everything to following Jesus and we were experiencing together what it's like to live life, all of everyday life together and experience God right in the midst of it. The, the wonder that comes from a life close to the Spirit. I'm grateful for just the simple things like 
food and sunshine, right? Hasn't the weather the last few days just been great? This meal, likewise, that we celebrate together from time to time as the community of people who follow Jesus, this meal invites us to look back with gratitude. But this bread and this cup do more than simply remind us of times that we personally as individuals have participated in this sacrament, this ordinance, some Christians call it, of the Lord's Supper. We remember and we recall with gratitude all that God has done for us as the whole entire people of God throughout history. This meal is a modified Passover meal. And so when we take this bread and this cup, as Jesus invited his first followers and all of us who've come later to do, we see ourselves with gratitude as part of that people whom God rescued from slavery in Egypt. That very first night, the Passover was celebrated. For more than two chapters, God is giving instructions for his people to celebrate the Passover, not just this first time, but to continue to celebrate and continue to remember with gratitude his rescue from slavery, his liberation, generation by generation for generations and generations to come. Which means each and every time we eat this bread and drink this cup as Christians and remember Jesus' death for us, we don't remember Jesus' death in isolation, compartmentalized from the rest of the history of the people of God, of whom we are a part. We were slaves in Egypt. We have been oppressed by the empires of the world. We have been part of God's redemption in all of history and have been brought to freedom through all of God's works. His works to create a new, free, liberated people, free in him, restored in him, bought with a price by Jesus. We remember and we are grateful. We do need to keep in mind, though, that this Lord's Supper, this meal that Jesus shared with his disciples and passed on to us, was a meal, like Passover. It was a meal. When Jesus celebrated it with the first disciples and honestly, Christians for the better part of some centuries typically celebrated as a meal, it wasn't just this bread and this cup, it was this bread, this cup, as part of a larger meal. And here's the thing with meals. These fish tacos would be way better if I was sharing them with a friend. Meals invite us not just to look back, although favorite foods will have all kinds of good memories for us. Meals invite us to look around, both at our immediate experience with the meal, with the other people, but also with who's in, who's out, who's at the table, who's not. What is our situation in life to talk about what's going on, to look around at ourselves, at each other, our lives, and the world. 
God invites us as his people to look around and imagine this table set, not just for one, like it is right now, or for a small community or even a mega church of several thousands, but to imagine this table set in a way that welcomes others into the family of God. After all, the first Passover wasn't actually just for the enslaved Israelites who were being set free from the empire of Egypt. Egyptians who were participating in the oppression of the people of God. Egyptians were invited, if they would, to place themselves in the Israelite homes under the cover of the blood of the doorpost to participate in the supper of the Lamb and to find their freedom alongside the freedom of God's people. But even that was not just a, a one-time occurrence, some, some weird freak element of that particular chapter of the larger story of God and his people. No, 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 no. The original blessing of Abraham was that Abram was going to be a blessing to the nations. The nations would find their blessing in him. The promise was never just for Abram's family all in his lonesome. The promise was for Abram and his family to bless the rest of the world if they would find their blessing with him. When God's people arrive at the edge of the promised land, the table is set before them. A city named Jericho stands in their way, people who are opposed to the people of God. And yet, a woman named Rahab chooses to bless herself and finds blessing by being included in God's family. A few generations, we encounter a woman named Ruth, who was a Moabite. Now, Moab was one of the determined enemies of the people of Israel, and yet Ruth chooses to make God's people her people, and their God becomes her God, and finds blessing so much that she actually is one of the ancestors of King David of Israel, a great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus himself. The blessing that comes in joining the people of God extends to anyone who wants to join the feast. We're invited to look around, we who are at this meal, and consider who else we may reach out to and include, to draw in and enjoy. Mm. Mm -hmm. And yes, this fish taco is absolutely delicious. I really wish I could share it with some of you. There is, of course, one other way that this meal invites us to look around. When an animal or a child has to go, they go. So in the ancient world, you wanted to clean your feet before you sat down to enjoy the more pleasant smells of the food cleaning poop off the feet and whatever else was there was obviously a dirty job and only a slave would do it or someone significantly lower in social rank than you. And yet at this meal, when Jesus looks around and he wants his followers to look around, Jesus chooses to do the job that only the slave 
would ordinarily do. With a towel around his waist, he goes to each of them in turn and carefully, lovingly, washes off the junk and the grime and the feet of those he loved. And even, by the way, the feet of Judas, who would betray him. And so whenever we come to this meal, we are invited not just to look around and see whom else we may invite in to be blessed by the God who blesses, but to look around and see whom else we may serve, to put ourselves low the way Jesus put himself low, to see whose interests we may put high above our own the way God himself has done with us. And so to be self-sacrificially serving with our time, with our money, with our listening ear. And yes, right now in the United States of America, in the next couple of months, to be self-sacrificially serving the interests of others, not our own, with our vote. We're all too aware that our world is far from perfect now. And yet this meal that we celebrate invites us not just to look back and not just to look around, but this meal that we celebrate invites us to look forward. When what we will enjoy in the future is so much better than what we have right now. That the greatest pleasures we experience in this world are only just a taste on the tongue of the greatness that awaits us. This meal, this bread and this cup that we share as followers of Jesus, understanding as we look back that we've been rescued and saved, redeemed, purchased in sheer grace from our enslavement. As we look around, we see that others are to be blessed and invited in if they will only do so. We also look forward to the day when we experience what we only taste now. The day that is to come when we can feast in the kingdom of God together. Anytime we come to share this meal, we're invited to come thoughtfully as God's people. As God's people means we come to take this meal together. Nowadays, of course, that means coming together online. So we're taking this meal together at the same time, even if we're physically apart. It's a compromise with the circumstances of the day. The other part of being together is being together as God's people who've been found by Jesus, who have responded by saying, Lord Jesus, I give you my life and all the mess I've made of it. Now make me part of this new family that you are creating from every nation, tribe, kingdom, continent. Include me. Feed me with yourself. And then together as God's people, we come to the table thoughtfully, looking back to all that God has done, looking around at who God has sent us to, looking forward to the restoration 
that we are invited to share and enjoy forever. And as Matthew tells the story in his biography of Jesus, that night that Jesus would be betrayed, during the meal, during this Passover meal, Jesus took bread and he blessed it. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. And then during that Passover meal, Jesus took a cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink all of you. This is my blood of the covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins of many. And then he tells them not just to look around, but to look forward. That I will not drink this cup again until I drink it new with you in the kingdom of heaven. And now please join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, these elements on this table, these are your gifts for your people, your church, and that's us. We simply say with thanks. And so as we receive this bread and this cup, by your spirit, Jesus, make them a true sharing in your finished work for us. Until that day when we're living not just in hope for what you will do, but we see in fullness what you have done when all things are made new. And as Paul puts it, we don't see just through a glass darkly anymore, but we see you and know you face to face. Lord Jesus, come quickly. We pray. Amen. Now, friends, wherever you physically are while the music plays, take this bread and take this cup. Receive him. Enjoy him.